What's up, y'all? This is Deja SB, and you are listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Gary Suarez. I'm a music journalist and critic, and I write a twice-weekly hip-hop newsletter called Cabbages, which you can subscribe to for free at cabbageshiphop.com. Joining me as always is my very stoned co-host, music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan. It's season three of the podcast, but this week we're taking a break from stoner comedies to talk about a movie that felt like a pretty bad trip. Yes, today we'll be talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy, the 2021 cinematic brand extension that prompted Entertainment Weekly to ask, quote, why does this movie exist? Beats me. Now we'll get into the show in just a minute, but please, if you're listening and you haven't done this already, please subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. And if you can rate the show five stars, that would be even better. And if you can do all that and write a review, well, you can come smoke with Jeff anytime. He says it's okay. Really. Thank you. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is DJ SB. The Toronto-based rapper's new album is called Head Above the Waters and was recently shortlisted for Canada's esteemed Polaris Music Prize. The album is available wherever music is streamed or sold, as is their latest single, New Balance. Hello and welcome. What's going on, guys? Uh, what's going on is Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah, I, I, I watched it. And you know what? I watched... Uh, the original Space Jam right after, and I have a lot of things to discuss. Well, that's great. This is excellent news. We absolutely <laughs> have lots of things to discuss about these Space Jam movies. Totally. Uh, before we get too deep into this conversation, I'd love to get your your perspective or get a sense of your history with the Space Jam franchise, with the original film, and uh, with Looney Tunes in general. Looney Tunes was huge in in my household growing up. Um, you realize how ridiculous it is as you get uh, into adulthood. And um, I think we knew as kids how ridiculous it was, but it was just a lot more tolerable as a child. <laughs> but mm. uh, rewatching it, um, well, as, a, as an adult, it's just like, wow, this is some really loony shit. Like, I get it now. It, it, all, it all came uh, um, full circle. But um, it's funny. I wasn't really like a, a big 90s kid. Like, I don't really remember a lot of the 90s and um, being like, I, I was born in 93. Okay. So to, to give context. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. So um, I don't remember watching Space Jam as like a kid. I think I only watched it in my early adulthood. But I do recall the first time I watching, watched it, like believing like this was the best movie ever, to be honest. It's a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what was your experience with the original Space Jam? We were old when it came out. 
you know what I'm saying? Like we were, it was not intended as a target to us and we weren't parents. So we weren't, I just you wasn't say old, but it's old. You were like, you're talking about, you were like 15 or something, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't really <laughs> a targeted at, you know, that age group per se, but I was such a Looney Tunes fan. I didn't like go see in the theater or anything, but I've seen it multiple times and it's pretty delightful. It's Looney, which I feel like none of the other films are in a lot of ways. Uh, where like the the characters are allowed to be the characters, like Bugs Bunny is Bugs Bunny. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, I remember really liking it. I've, it's been a while. I didn't dust it off for this conversation. Uh, well, it's okay as long as Deja and I prepared for the call. No, totally. <laughs> That's really what it's all about. Is that I do with minimal amount of work for this. Yeah, clearly. No. Two movies, Gary. Who has time? It shows. It shows. Who has time? I have a lot of push-ups to do. I'm sure. Yes. A lot <laughs> of uh, push-ups. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, My history with the Space Jam films, again, uh, I was a teenager when it came out and I was working in like after school programs. So I got exposed to it, I think, through uh, VHS. So I think yes. when it came out on VHS, it was a film that you stuck into the VCR in front of the kids in the after school program when it got too hot in the summer to go outside so anymore. You saw this movie a lot. So I saw this a decent bit. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and I grew up, Looney Tunes was definitely one of the things that was thrown at me. One of my you know, first favorite things. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say whether I would call it a favorite. I don't feel like I like, I think I watched a lot of cartoons. Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I watched a ton of cartoons, but I'm not going to say that it necessarily was like, this is my, this, these were my shows. I, watched you know, I don't them, think I, I watched them every day religiously if I could. I watched, I mean, I think it's, I watched, I would watch, it's a cartoon, it's on TV, I'm going to mm -hmm. watch it, but it wasn't like my world. So like when Space Jam happened, Space Jam took a cartoon that I wasn't exactly like amazed by as a kid, now I'm a teenager, and it took basketball, which I didn't have much of any opinion about mm -hmm. as a teenager, and put those together. Now, Jeff, obviously, you're a basketball fan. I was, I was playing, and I have accrued way too many hours of watching professional basketball <laughs> way too many like it's it's incalculable at this juncture and DJ, but, so uh, basketball for you as a kid was that something you paid much attention to did you play uh, recreationally did you watch games huge so i played um up until high school um and uh basketball was like everything to me um in terms of uh Especially my favorite at the at the at the time, my favorite player, Allen Iverson. Like he, okay. I, I I I credit him to like, I credit him to finding my myself as a child, uh, struggling with um, being mask presenting, but not understanding what that meant at the moment. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the times I got uh, the label tomboy. And um, <laughs> not knowing what that meant at the time uh, was frustrating because uh, everybody else was, or all the other girls were kind of uh, into different things. And I'm here braiding my hair like Allen Iverson. So <laughs> mm -hmm. um, for me, it was more so like basketball was like, yeah, my favorite sport, but also like culturally uh, impacted my life as well. So then it kind of makes sense to me why a movie like Space Jam, when you did ultimately watch it, would, would mean something would be yeah. interesting we'll, we'll or valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you're seeing two things you enjoy. And I think that I wanted to get the perspective because I feel like there's a nostalgia factor to bringing out a sequel so much later than the mm -hmm. original. 
you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about 1996 is the original, you know, it made like $90 million in the US and Canada, 230 mm-hmm. million worldwide. You mm-hmm. know, it was directed by like a legit director, Joe Pitka, who done like Michael Jackson videos, mm-hmm. had done um, not a ton of movies, interestingly enough, but had done a lot of commercial work, including the original, like the OG, like 1992 Nike commercial where Michael Jackson and Bugs Bunny first met up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like there was a history there. He had Looney Tune experience. Yeah, so it was sort of like it, it, the, <laughs> the experience of bringing Looney Tune, specifically Bugs, into the world of us people. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like it's important to kind of get that context before we start talking about this film because it sets expectations. Our nostalgia, yeah. our history with Looney Tunes, with Space Jam, with basketball, spectating, playing or otherwise, plays into this. So mm-hmm. when you first heard that LeBron was going to be the star of Space Jam 2, mm-hmm. which is that we now are Space Jam, a new legacy. Mm-hmm. What was your kind of first impressions about that? Honestly, I, I understood. I understood the assignment at the time. Mm-hmm. I understood how global LeBron had become. I understand how much of an impact he had made on the NBA, but I didn't understand the impact that he made culturally, I would say. Okay. Like, um, nobody can actually compare to Michael J- Jordan's sneaker sales at all. And um, uh, with LeBron, he has some iconic sneakers. He does. I won't ever uh, say he doesn't, but... I own some. I- yeah, Real I talk. feel yeah. like yeah, I feel like it was it's just such culturally it just didn't hit for me. And we'll obviously go into details about like the things that we we found that was a uh, very 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 uh distinct and different from while comparing the two, but I feel like it didn't hit for me culturally why LeBron was um why LeBron was chosen to do Space Jam 2. If I, if we're if we're looking at somebody else, I think Kobe would have been a much better staple uh, to 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 serve as um as the the main character for Space Jam. Uh, just yeah, just culturally, he just hits a little bit differently than LeBron, and I hope that is making sense what I'm saying. <laughs> it is somewhat, it is, yeah, because... absolutely. I I think also you know MJ came into Space Jam cold. He wasn't an actor. Mm-hmm. Was kind of well known in the world that like getting him I don't know if you guys have ever heard the old uh, outtakes from like Gatorade commercials No, with MJ oh definitely look these up I'm not going to do too much of an impression but it it basically paints like MJ was very bad at this <laughs> and it's like wild because you just don't think of MJ as being bad at anything right except baseball he would- <laughs> Go back in time and and rethink what you're saying. He was getting good. Anyway, moving on, uh, not to get political about the baseball career of Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was a cold, uninviting person. Mm -hmm. And LeBron is the exact opposite. All of this is really weird. And like LeBron has been in other movies Mm -hmm. and he's been to Hollywood sets and he's acted. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Michael Jordan was commercials. He did commercials and stuff, but he had never been, you know, 
super in a movie. He never had like speaking parts in a movie, I don't think. You know, yeah, no, you're, that's true. You just hit it on the head for me as to why it didn't resonate with, with me that much. Mm. Because with even the digital age and Instagram and Twitter, we're, we're so um, already um, into his life and yeah. into um, all of the things that we like. We know LeBron, you know what I mean? Totally. And I was, I really expected this film to like boost LeBron's image like it kind of did for MJ. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan was a household name and was like globally recognized, but you didn't see him speak all that much unless it was in interviews or, you know, again, a very cold sort of understanding of who that person was. Mm -hmm. And I, the beginning of this movie started out essentially being like, so LeBron's kind of a jerk of dad. Mm. And here's a bunch of career highlights of him, including the decision, which was like, his shining moment (laughs) yeah like one of the worst things like why are we focusing on this and and the movie continued to do this where it was like lebron's inflexible he's too focused he's not paying attention to the people around him and what they need and from all i know and from all we know from the the insane amount of coverage on this human being the exact opposite is true Mm -hmm. and i just i maybe that threw me it does, you know, you don't have to do a movie and be yourself, obviously. But mm-hmm. it just seems weird to me that MJ would never take a film and be like, yo, this makes me look bad. Mm-hmm. He would never. And maybe that just talks, speaks to the flexibility of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was really weird to me. But look, if Tweety Bird is telling you you're a bad dad, <laughs> right. then there's something wrong with the script. One of the biggest jerks in the Looney Tunes catalog. Like there's a point in the film where Tweety Bird in front of people just says, you're a bad dad. (laughs) Just like lays it out on the table. LeBron James, as a father, you are a failure. And we're losing by somewhere in the vicinity of 400 points. Right. In a different movie that would have brought the character to tears. Totally. Yeah. And this yeah. is just another moment in the midst of a crazy fake basketball game. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and LeBron's reaction is just like, dang, you know, like, hmm, yeah. maybe you're right. You're right. Cartoon bird. <laughs> Cartoon we, bird. <laughs> now that we've spoken twice, this is really, I think you should call me out as a dad. This is how it works. People all the time walk up to me and say, you're a terrible father. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't have kids, but thank you for pointing it out. I'm just going to start calling you a bad dad in the Tweety Bird voice. Every I'm fine time I with see this. You. I'm yeah. fine with this. This is the way we're supposed to interact as, as the Looney Tunes universe wants us. Our Bird. <laughs> all of that stuff, all that exposition, the LeBron as a child, the family stuff is basically like a shitty copy of the first 10 minutes of the original Space Jam movie. Right. Or really the first like six Full minutes agree. of the first Space Jam movie. The right. first Space Jam movie, there's the scene where Michael Jordan is a child playing basketball at night in the backyard of the house and his dad comes out and they have a very nice moment together. And then it's the highlight reel of Michael Jordan's accomplishments, the Mm -hmm. Olympics, Mm -hmm. all these great things. And then it goes into quote unquote present day and you see 
a bit of his home life and you know issues with his his kids but he's not painted in a bad light in any of that mm-hmm. the point being the creators of space jam 2 basically said why don't we just do a version of that but let's do that for like 27 minutes <laughs> and also it'll be wildly unnecessary let's do it for like 27 minutes <laughs> and then we'll introduce bugs bunny mm-hmm. right I don't know if you guys noticed, it took 27 minutes before we met a single Looney Tune in a mm. two-hour movie for f- children. Yes. Now that you've said that, said like broken it down like that, it makes so much sense how this this movie just did not hit the same. And that's just not to say that I didn't enjoy it. Mm. I was laughing because I am a, a child, but um, <laughs> there is just that feeling where, yeah, it, it was less about, and, and let's talk about like, even like cartoon version of LeBron. What was that? Let's. That was strange to me. I don't know if that was strange to you guys. Uh, I watched this movie with my wife, uh, who often doesn't watch the movies for the podcast uh, with me because um, she values uh, her time. And <laughs> she watched Space Jam 2 with me twice. As it turned out, because I watched it twice. But the first time she paid attention while watching it. And the moment that LeBron turned into a cartoon, she was deeply troubled. She was visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> this about is the, the first time in this universe where a human tune crossover has happened. Michael Jordan was not a cartoon. No. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, not a cartoon. Michael Jordan entered the tune world which was in the center of the earth or something in Space Jam 1, hmm. and was still Michael Jordan. Right. right. LeBron enters the tune world in the Warner serververse, which we're going to talk about. Oh, God. Uh, and is automatically transformed into a tune. So already we lose continuity if we cared about continuity. And we don't. Let's just be honest. Do we, we not? Really okay. Let me. I don't think we can. I don't think we can care about continuity when it's been this many years and it's not the same place. Mm-hmm. It's not in space at all. It's not in space. This movie is called Space Jam <laughs> Two, and they never go to space. You know, you know, F nine went to space for way longer than this film. Seriously, Fast and Furious Nine, a movie about car racing superhero CIA agent rogue humans went to space. <laughs> How did Luda this go to space? Never went to space. Tyrese <laughs> in LeBron. space. How is Tyrese go to space before LeBron James? No space for LeBron. <laughs> Answer gonna, that question. We're going to put him inside a server. One of you the know, most boring places I could think to put a person of that ilk, of that like general popularity. Let's let's face him off against an algorithm. Mm. I don't get it. They tried to make it modern. I get it. I get it. What's but... more modern than space, Deja? <laughs> what is more modern than space? Like, it's been the dream on the tip of the fingers of humanity since the beginning of time. Like, what is that? Yeah, we would love Computers to see have been around on. for like 20 minutes of the, the, the timeline for humans. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good on that. No, space is it. For me, I was really mad when this was going to be inside a computer. Actually, they were in space for a bit. Were they? Yeah. Are you wrong? When um, 
when when they're uh, training for the for the basketball game, aren't okay. they on a spaceship? Yes, but they're on a spaceship within the server. Right, they're within. Oh. So they're in a simulation okay. of space. So it's uh. so because they steal Marvin the Martian's spaceship, right. which is called, and I'm sorry, I find this very uncomfortable to say, the Martian Maggot is the name of the spaceship. <laughs> I don't like saying that phrase. I'm just telling you right now. I didn't like reading it on the screen and I don't like saying it right now because when I watch it the second time, I paused a lot during the basketball game to see all the wonderful IP characters no. that were displayed out there. And there was a point where I saw the spaceship and it only had uh, A-G-G-O-T visible on the screen. And that's when I knew I was not comfortable with this film. What the hell? Hold on. Is this like with uh, with the Disney films, like when a lion lays down, the dust spells sex? <laughs> Are we going to talk about the penis, the penis castle in okay. the cover of the Little Mermaid? Artwork? Let me tell you something real now. Okay, so my mom was a kindergarten teacher, so I had to watch like the Little Mermaid and Sword in the Stone. I had to watch these movies a billion times. I can quote them. I can Add sing to. all the songs. Oh, Add every to. time I came oh. home, they were like, you know what I'm saying? Every time I got out of school, there's a bunch of kids in my mom's classroom, and she's not going to like teach them anymore. The hours are over, so they just watch movies. Every day, different kids, same five to ten movies. The cover of Little Mermaid on VHS copies in that era absolutely had a penis on it. <laughs> it was real as hell. And to the point of this, after a while, I just circled it with a marker so people would stop asking. I'd just be like, there it is. It's inside the circle. <laughs> I'm tired of finding this thing for you. But That's yes, nuts. it looks like a penis. I don't even know that's what the spaceship was called. So yeah, so when they are in the Martian spaceship, uh, they're not actually in space. There's uh, it's a simulation of space uh, okay. during that period because all of the they the designed it as all of the various uh, parts of IP are planets of some sort. Totally, this movie mm -hmm. kind of felt like a simulation of Space Jam, ah. like if, if a computer recreated the original movie with like AI or something and new actors. It this felt like a simulation of a movie. Well, that's what I'm saying, but a specific movie. <laughs> a movie we already saw. Hi, I'm Gary Suarez, president and CEO of Cabbages. And I'm here today to tell you about a great new show coming to the Cabbages Podcast Network. Cabby Wabby. It's called Dunscast. And it's all about what the kids today call gaming. It's tense. Every week, New York rapper Dunscap and his co-host slash DJ Samurai Banana discuss video games, gaming culture, and their platonic male friendship. You can just feel us glaring at each other. Whether you're a Final Fantasy fanatic, a Fortnite dance champ, or simply a hip-hop head who can't live without a PS5, there's something here for you. Maybe you'll have something in common with us, and we could rescue you from your loneliness. It's funny. It's insightful. It's relatable. It even gets a little blue. But don't just take it from me. Here's Dunscap himself to tell us why you should listen to this new podcast. Hey, hey, you might be sitting there thinking, I like hip hop and video games, but is there at least a place on the internet that I could listen to two friends talk about video games while also having an underlying code of interest that is hip hop? Maybe those two friends have made music together in the past, but don't talk about it at all because that would be lame. Instead, they talk about their favorite video games, maybe about each other, learn things along the way, 
and get controversial? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Am I supposed to like advertise this thing or? No, you're perfect. I hate being perfect. I'm too perfect. I pretend to like things and I pretend to like Mike. Dumpscast with Samurai Banana. Brought to you by the people who brought you the hip hop podcast Cabbages, which Dumpscap was on. Wink. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, so I, I want to know something really quickly. DJ, did you did you enjoy the film? Did you like like it generally? Or were you bothered and kind of annoyed? I enjoyed it at first, but okay. then when I realized that it was just a way for Warner Brothers to flex their intellectual property. Oh. I was kind of just very thrown off. And then everybody was having the conversation on Twitter that it's not for us. It's not for us. It's not for the older generation. I don't feel like it was for kids at all in, no, in no. that aspect. Like, I feel like. And why are all, why is the entire crowd references to my childhood? Exactly. If that. they're not marketing it toward me. Exactly. And um, the whole multi-universe where they had to save all of the other people, like they had to save Lola from like, uh, or take Lola from like trying to be a Wonder Woman person thing. Uh, and yeah, like, yeah. like that was so strange. Like they had the opportunity to make it so simple. Like, I feel like they threw in way too much. You threw in way too much. No, you could have just made it a, uh, you could have just made it a, Literally just LeBron son gets kidnapped by some alien fuck that looks like oh the son of the guy that the who was the original villain? What was his name? Did he have a name? The, I forget what his name is, but he ran the yeah. amusement park. Danny DeVito did the voice, but I forget yes. offhand. Yes. His son comes and wants mm. revenge for for Michael Jordan fucking fucking up his entire uh, classic uh, theme park. Paper. Yes, yeah. yeah. The the son of Swackhammer. Yes, yes. <laughs> comes back. Swackhammer Junior. Swackhammer Junior. <laughs> he steals LeBron's son, and says, "Look, if you win this game, blah 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 blah, and just go from there. How 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 much more simple would that have been? Versus like throwing in all of these just malt. Like it felt like a whole bunch of little stories." Um, trying to become one and it didn't feel complete inside a computer inside of a computer battling an algorithm which I don't I don't know how to tell people this but algorithms aren't human and they can be controlled yes just just to throw that out there is that like (laughs) we can we can control it if we really feel like it we can stop algorithms from like being stupid and annoying Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a cautionary tale. Yeah. This is a cautionary tale because this is what happens if you let an algorithm run amok. You get Yosemite Sam in Casablanca <laughs> as the Sam playing piano. Easily the best part of that film. The whole uh, nah, Daffy, that, Daffy, that, for sure. Uh, yeah, Daffy always wins. Uh, Daffy yeah. was my favorite from the get-go. Bro, I, mean, Daff- I-, I actually went back and watched today. I watched Daffy Duck as Stupor Duck. Um, oh yeah from the original from the original like i don't know 1950 something yes uh, run from that from that from that episode and i remembered that episode almost by heart i clearly had it's watched an, it a ton it's of an times incredible episode 
it was hurtful to see it in this way. Yeah. But the problem really is, is like when they're bringing all this IP in, yes, you see Harry Potter. Yes, you see Game of Thrones. But there's so much that comes in, both in those scenes where they're bringing the team together and then when they have all of these characters courtside watching the basketball game, how ancient are these references? Why <laughs> is Bugs Bunny do a William Shatner impression on the spaceship? Why does the Adam West Batman theme play when they're in DC World? Mm. Why but, are there? But it's a movie. Remember, it's a movie that's directed at kids who are definitely going to understand these references. Kids are not going to understand Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me from 1999 <laughs> with Elmer Fudd as Minnie Me. And nor should they. Okay. Like, the, are they even going to get MC Hammers? You can't touch this. Oh. I reject this premise that this movie is not for us because those references are for us and our parents. And in some cases, Casablanca are fucking grandparents. <laughs> I, there, there's this pressure in a lot of ways to when you create a Looney Tunes movie, I feel like you have to create somewhat, you have to recreate the humor of like, 1950s 1960s world mm -hmm. which is nearly impossible it's been done so many times now oh you weirdly reverent to the old days of this thing of looney tunes but also like wildly disrespectful of like these these characters are terrible they're wooden mm -hmm. they're they do like most of them get like their one line I'm like oh yeah remember elmer fudd now he's gone you don't yeah. really hear from him again do you know what happened? You didn't get yeah, a lot of looniness in these tunes. They were just worried the whole time. The only real time that we got to hang out with a Looney Tune character doing the damn thing was when Wiley Coyote made the like 400, 700 point play. And then LeBron pulled him from the game. He's the game's <laughs> top scorer. <laughs> LeBron was even a bad coach in this movie. This dude just put up 700 points and you were like, all right, let's go with Tweety Bird. I think I think what happened here, and this is giving me so much more perspective <laughs> as to why as to why Please, I God, low key that, hated it. That makes me it. sad. <laughs> yeah, over what I low key hated it, but still enjoyed it, is because this was not a Looney Tunes movie. It wasn't. The first Space Jam was a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah. This one was, was not a Looney Tunes movie, and it comes with um, the plot, and the plot being one of those old age tales where the kid's dad is a, some star in something and the dad wants him to be a star in it too, but he wants to be like something nerdy, like a fucking uh, graphic designer or some shit. And the dad's like, no, you have to do this. Like fucking uh, high school musical shit, Troy Bolton shit. Like it's this. And this is a trope. Yes, it's exactly. a trope where dads are big, dumb oafs that force <laughs> their kids into being them which like yes. is a thing that has happened in the world a lot including with me but not all dads are like this in fact most of them are caring cool people that don't hate their wives <laughs> and you know what i mean like in in mm -hmm. in these tropes that's what happens in this one it's a little tamer on lebron thankfully but it does make him look like an asshole it does and yeah i feel like they just should have like left it less focused on that sort of plot and more focused on giving us a Looney Tunes kind of 
like movie. I knew I knew as soon as they took away Lola Lola uh, bunnies titties that it would go downhill. I knew it. I was like, okay, you so guys- this has been a thing that I've been really really uh, fascinated with, and that's the internet perception of Lola Bunny. Yeah. And a lot of I've 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 done some meme studying, um, and in the meme studying I did, it seems that there was a, a certain cross section of human that was really devastated by a less I guess classically hot Lola Bunny. Yeah, it was fucking weird. It got a little weird. It got people a little weird. got yeah, really upset. Yeah, it was fucking weird that a basketball player would resemble a basketball player. And then when I rewatched Dragon Slayer, like they are buff. <laughs> when I rewatched the original one, I'm like, she wasn't even that sexualized. Like she was just she like was not no flirty. She was just flirty. They did a great job of making a character that like Bugs Bunny would totally fall. Completely. Yeah, and and that's literally the Looney Tunes, like yeah. them getting fucking um, shit, batshit crazy in love with some. Um, immediate love oh they all fall yeah. in immediate love all the time yeah, exactly. that's what you do all those guys would just be like the heart eyes and then something would like hit yeah. their head and they'd fall over like a and their heart pin. is like beating like, out of their chest palpitating yeah it's, yeah it's the best joke i love yeah. it so much exactly my favorite is when you know bugs or somebody would dress up like a woman and they would go nuts <laughs> the the best is like yosemite sam ones <laughs> He always ends up dressing like a girl bunny <laughs> and he and everyone else around them are like stumbling over themselves to be the one that opens the door for this rabbit <laughs> with fake boobs. And it's like a lipstick every single time, a hilarious trope. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> I think there's something off about people's memories of Lola bunny, because mm-hmm. again, as, as Deja said, like I rewatched space gem one and she's not like Chesty LaRue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going on. Bro, she was balling. But what I do remember was that when they used to do all those uh, bootleg Tasmanian devil with the backwards hat, Bugs Bunny arms <laughs> folded shirts. Yes. yes. Lola Bunny was stacked. She had spray painted titties like cute. Those, those. So I think that's the memory that's the memory that people, these little perverts totally. have. Those shirts are the like fan fiction of that time. Yeah. Is that like people remember, truly remember a like gangsta, crisscross gangsta version of the Tasmanian devil who can like rap and is like, nope. If you ever watch the originals, he's just a big dumb monster. And it's really and hard to see him because he's a big dumb monster. Incredible. And let's not bring up Porky Pig. Oh my God, Porky! All right, now this is why we have this is why this is a hip hop podcast because when yes. moments like this occur, we have to ask the experts. Yes, and Deja, <laughs> yes. what did you think? Well, yes, hit it. The notorious Pigs oh. freestyle over Flavor in Year. I wanted to eat my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is specific. First of all, <laughs> oh, notorious PIG. Notorious PIG. Oh yes. So, okay, but second of all, let's 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 really remember what even occurred for it to go into that. There, it it was just so random. It like there was nothing that said that Porky Pig was a rapper, or that 
there was going to be any sort of performance or <laughs> like they just what was it what was it leading up to i think it was like a timeout and they were trying to get like style points or some shit yeah i think what happened is like is algae rhythm don Cheadle said something that triggered in the game a battle mode oh, a rap battle mode God. and he didn't intend to and then they immediately like went to porky pig you know the looney tune who famously has the speech impediment <laughs> and said you go out there and you spit hot fire but anybody else the, the the quote the quote is from lebron himself lebron says hey porky fry him oh my god that is so bad i'm i'm and, and you know what talking. you know what they did too to torture us yeah you know what they did to torture us they 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 released that specific clip as promotion that is torture. Totally. That, is that was like torture. part of the sales of the movie. Okay. Yes. So yeah. this happened This happened in Tom and Jerry. We did a Tom and Jerry episode. It was also a one-off during like a larger season of other stuff. Uh, and in that, there's, is it pigeons? At the beginning that rap. There's pigeons, yeah. They rap like old school rap. I don't I forget they who. Do they, oh, yeah, do yeah, yeah, they do tribe. They do tribe. They do tribe. But oh, to be fair, they are like, dancing around and rapping like it's tribes voices mm. it's like the song they're basically lip-syncing the song it's completely okay. pointless pandering nonsense <laughs> but but it's like it's the song itself so at right. least there's this world where like kids who are watching tom and jerry are like what is this oh well this mm. is a specific brand of, yeah of sick hip-hop that like i just so happen to have lots of old copies of or i know how to look mm -hmm. up on spotify for you right uh, this was like original music and they picked the stuttering pig <laughs> to deliver and called him after a rapper that would like i don't know i what do you think biggie's reaction with that to be like do you think that that would be an honor i think diddy would try his best and probably has to gouge some money out of that yeah, get that's some, a good some point. royalties. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know. I'm I'm sitting in the neighborhood where that dude grew up. Yeah, and, and even I like just, I just like sighed really hard and was like, please, yeah, please don't be hard. original rap, please. <laughs> I please don't do this. And I knew it was going to happen because I'd already seen it happening in the commercial. And I was mm -hmm. like, it, it's it's really happening. Like this is a scene in the film. This mm -hmm. is given weight and gravity to the most important part of the basketball game mm -hmm. and it's still if you bring it into the 2021 context it's still not the worst musical moment in the space jam cinematic universe because you know the worst cinema the worst musical moment in the space jam cinematic universe is the existence the of r kelly's is the existence of r kelly's i believe i can fly oh yeah i you know because now we know it. now we know <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself sticking it. I was like, oh, fuck. God damn it. Oh, like, it, listen, the, I understand that this is a monstrous human being who deserves no respect, uh, but it's none. It's tough to get that one out of your head, man. Bro, the guy it's a is a catchy jam. And if somebody else sang it, it would still, it would still be a sweet. If people Bryson sang that, it would be a, a smash hit forever. The guy wrote and, and made music and didn't know how to read it and write. Like the mm. like he's fucking it is like it disturbs me that he can't be celebrated because he's such a piece of shit. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's just so sad. But even, like, the track list and the, the soundtrack for this movie was fucking ass. Oof. Fucking ass, bro. Seriously, why, why how is it that given how memorable the music was in Space Jam 1, and Ooh. I'm not just talking about R. Kelly, because you got you got Quad City DJs doing uh, the Space Jam theme song. Uh-huh. That, was, mm. that was a jam. And then you had, um, let's not forget, Hit Em High, the Monstars mm. anthem, Be mm. Real, Coolio, Meth, Sick. LL, and Busta, with Nuts. a music video directed by Hype Williams. Nuts. Completely insane. So that's Space Jam 1, and this one they got... Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin? <laughs> Stupid. Who who, who uh, was uh, in charge of putting that together? Algae Rhythm. was a part of the movie and i think my favorite part of the movie if there's a part that i liked it's when bugs bunny dies <laughs> <sighs> because if there's one thing i agreed with algae rhythm on it's that the looney tunes are washed up and don't need to come back i'm with and that the, and the move the stupid move that killed him too Ugh. It's the only reason why that game-breaking glitch had to be a thing. So that way, at the end of the movie, Bugs Bunny does LeBron's signature move and then dies from doing it. That was a terrible part of the movie. Oh, my God. He transforms into a beacon of light. (laughs) I mean, that's where the Kirk Franklin part comes in. I mean, that's probably Kirk Franklin's note right there. (laughs) Of course, they couldn't leave him dead. No, One week no. later, he is in the human world. He says, I'm a Looney Tune. I don't die. What? But man, There's... we had like a whole week where Bugs Bunny was dead. <laughs> the... I mean, look, he's been dead since Looney Tunes back in action for all I care. <laughs> we spoke on this a little earlier, but ever since they introduced humans into this, they muppetized the Looney Tunes, everything has gone downhill. And this is just the latest in what doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Now it is interesting. This rift is now open, and that anybody who just does a move like LeBron will go human. All you have to do is die. <laughs> do they feel pain once they go to the human world? I want to know more about this. This quantum leap ass bullshit. I want. See, I don't know, but is it worth it? Because they're still able to go into like other movies. They were able to go into like Game of Thrones and shit. There would mm. be there would be in these other things that are not animated, or at least not animated in the like cartoon Looney Tunes worry. Okay. Like and do it. Like, Fair. what's the benefit of going into the real world, which is not really all that exciting? I guess you get to like actually go and sit courtside to watch LeBron play. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, it's all right. I mean, does like I don't even know, like, does Bugs Bunny have taste buds in the real world? So you got me on this quantum leap shit now. Now I'm thinking. No, oh, real talk. Like, God. I need to know. I need to know more about that than I do anything else in the movie. Okay. So, rift, I'm gonna, so this rift oh, from mm. a computer server verse, that's what it was server, server verse. Yeah. Rift into the real world. Is Bugs Bunny free? Does, does Bugs Bunny now have the full capability of humanity? Or Is it like the Matrix? Right. Or 
is this just like a really freak thing and no one else can see Bugs Bunny? Oh, I want to know how that works. I know it won't happen. And that if we ever do get another one of these, it will just be awful and be another callback. But I think my biggest concern about Bugs Bunny existing in our world, Uh in the real world, is that invariably Bugs Bunny is going to get canceled when they find out about all those cartoons he did between 1959. <laughs> There's some racist shit in there. As soon as people discover that a cartoon has crossed over into the real world, they're going to go back and watch all of that stuff. They're going to light his ass up on Twitter. And boy, it. it is not kind to the Japanese peoples. No, it's not good. It's super uncool. There's a lot of bad shit in there. Yeah. Uh, And you can watch it all on HBO Max. You can. You can. Podcast Network.